toward, towards the end of the parsha, we have the the Pekisha with Yaakov and and Yosef, and um, I'm going to share two thoughts on that. One of them is something which we spoke about before, but I saw Rabbi Meir talks about it, and I just found that to be an extraordinary thought. Actually, one second, bear with me a second. I might even have downloaded it. Uh, downloads. Um, no, I did not. Um, so he talks about that, that you know the belt says over that Yaakovinu Pasuk that Yaakovinu wasn't uh, responding in kind to Yosef Yosef is falling onto his father's neck hugging him crying and it doesn't say that Yosef that Yaakov did the same to Yosef so because I'll say he was been Karishma so obviously it doesn't mean it was time for Karishma because like you couldn't find any other time to read Krishna. You couldn't do it before he came. You couldn't do it after he came. So, he had an extraordinary moment of, of his rakshas. There was, there's, this is his son, which he has not seen for 22 years, had this outpouring of, of excitement, of love, etc. At that moment, the person has is to think about where that, who gave gave that to you, where that come from. So it came from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So he needs to give back to Kodesh Baruch Hu that moment. That's that's Rebellion Mayor's approach. It says it says that we should we should be constantly aware of that every moment that we should. I'll call the Shimon Shimon the You should be praising Kodesh Baruch Hu every single breath. Every single breath is an extraordinary matter from Kodesh Baruch Hu. and we should be saying Hallel at every single breath. But we're not holding that with Draco. But we have extraordinary moments in our life. We it, it's the 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 re- reaction should be. To think about where that came from and say and, and focus on the Kodesh Baruch Hu. So Yaakov Avinu had this this extraordinary emotion. He felt that he had to give it back to Kodesh Baruch Hu. He had to, he had to turn around and give it back to Kodesh Baruch Hu and say the Russian that I appreciate I, I love you so much. I appreciate the love that you've shown me. Um, I had a review of Crime Cats. He and his wife were the ones who made me from, and. Um, he was he was a tremendous hakarsatayv type of person. Like he was always, except every single one of the simplest, he would st- he would say the same. At least you know the first part of the speech was always the same. He grew up in Canton, Ohio. He was Rebbe first cousin. Um, Rebbe Enemer had a brother Chaim Si Chaim They're named after the same Zayda. They're the same, the same Zayda. Rebbe Enemer's Rebbe Enemer's father. Rebbeinu's mother was a Katz. Was a Klimsky Katz's aunt. Um, so, Rebbeinu grew up in Akron. Klimsky Katz grew up in Canton. So, at a young age, he was able to leave Canton. There wasn't that much going on in Canton in the way of of uh, growth in Yiddishkeit. There was from people there, but there was uh, like all these little cities in in in, in, in America. And he went to Tel Shiva and he became uh, a with a beautiful mishpocha. So every single simple, he would start off about, I was a young boy and I was able to come from Canton, Canton Ohio to tell the Gresher Tel Shiva, and I was able to, you know, to learn Torah there from my Gresher Abayim. This was the standard Nusach. 
every single simcha, whether it was a bris, whether it was a remitzah, whether it was a chasta, a shemarachas, he always started out with that feeling of, look where I am compared to where I was, what, what, what it would have been. And he lived with that feeling, so every time he had, a, he had an extraordinary moment, he tied it back to, wow, look what, look what I got. Look, where, look, what, look what I have. So Yaakov Avinu has this regish of, he just had this extraordinary moment, he has to say, he has to, to give it back to Kodesh Borochu. Um, but um, so Revolva says a different Nakuda. Uh, it comes from a different angle. And uh, this is like, I want to talk about this, this idea a little bit. The, in, in, Rukhif used to say over from the Talzorov that there are many, many Midas, many, many Midas Tavis, which are very important. What's the most important Midas Tavis? That's, 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 you know, it's a hard question, right? So the Talzorov used to say the most important Midas Tavis is Seder. Why is Seder the most important Midas Tavis? Seder means not that you're just, that you're organized. Seder means that it's a person who is in control of his life. And that means, in its fullest expression, I can decide how to react to whatever I want to react to. N- nothing is de- defining my terms for me. I'm defining the terms. I'm in control. So therefore, I can decide that right now the appropriate reaction is simple. The appropriate reaction is is to act, react strongly. But I, it's not. There's nothing forcing me to do it. I'm deciding with my seichel and with my das, how to react. So a lot of us, the, the circumstances around us are what defines how, we, how we, when things are good, so we feel happy, things are bad, we feel sad. Somebody makes, makes me angry. You know, one of the things you try to teach your kids is, is he didn't make you angry. He did something which you decided to react with anger. Nobody can make you angry. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we only have it right. But the wise thing made me angry, right? You know, let's let's be honest, quote unquote. You know, after everything is said and done, he made me angry. Right? He didn't make you angry. That's a choice that you have how to react. Um, who, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was with. It was Salanta. Salanta says that he was once standing in the in the marketplace in Kovna. And obviously, you know, people, people's pronouncement was difficult, and there was two women over there who were vendors, let's say apple vendors, right, in honor of Ari, right? And they're, they're trying, and each one's obviously competing for the customers. And so they got into a fight. And they were screaming and yelling, and, you know, I don't know, they were actually hitting each other and scratching each other, but they were, they were livid. And in the, middle, in the midst of this, a customer comes over to one of them to buy. And she turns to the customer and she has this sweet voice and says, how can I help you? He says, what that said to him was that if a person, if a person has a motivation, they can control themselves. For the purpose of getting this customer, getting money, getting a and taking care of her family, she could t- turn from being totally livid and angry, etc., to being a nice, sweet, you know, how can I help you? Yes, oh, big smile, you know. Right? Um, you've some of you have that experience that, you know, there's a conversation going on where you might be, whether it's your house or wherever it is, and people are talking strongly, and somebody else says, hello! Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, a minute ago, 30, 10 seconds ago, you were screaming your head off, hello, like so, like, so nice and sweet, like, you know, means we, means we have the ability to control it. 
but we we haven't trained ourselves to uh, that we make a decision whether to control it or not. So there's certain circumstances sometimes which the new circumstances will allow us to control it because the motivation is there. But the reality is we don't need to have that to decide I'm not going to get angry because I don't want to get angry. So so it tells they call that they call that meat a seder. Seder means that the person defines everything that's going to happen in his day. So, and the Bali Musser were very big until they did that. The physical world of Seder, I know my, my desk, I'm looking at my desk right now, like I'm embarrassed to say the truth, right? But um, my desk is not Musser, but um, right? the physical manifestations of Seder allow for the mental manifestations. It's a training to how, how to do things. This was, it was a big thing in Tells, you know, Tells they were like it, coming on time to something was part of Seder. So at 9.30 in the morning for Seder started, the Meshkiah stood by the front door. And you'd walk in and you'd go like this, you know, what? You know, give you a look. If you walked in a little bit late. If you walked in a little bit later than that, the, the, the reaction was, was, was more than that. Everybody had to make their beds in the morning. Every single day. And they were, it was the, 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 the dorm was checked every single morning to make sure the, boy, the, the rooms were neat and the beds were made. And it wasn't just checked by the dorm supervisor, but occasionally the gifted would go through the dorm and check the rooms. And we got a uh, note one time that says, this room is befitting a Bentara. Sign more to gift. Like That was part of the pleasure. They, they defined this as part of what it means to be a Bentara was a person who was was a mensch. There were, the way Mr. used to get so upset about the way Bachem walk around, on, you know, with their shirts untucked. Uh, come on, right? I, I see Sammy's uh, smile over there, right? Right? And you know, he, because you're a Bentara, like you, you, there's a certain way, there's a certain deportment you carry about yourself. There's a certain you're always masudder. Your gift to he's he always looked presentable. There's no such thing as like you know that there was a stain in his shirt. You know, it just didn't exist. I, now my, my roommate took the, the note and put it up on the bulletin board in the room, which I told him you can't do that. He says because the next time a gifter comes in, he's going to see the note and like you know, like you know, like it's a pastish that you should be you know, like you know boasting about your 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 note. You know, um, but he's put up anyway. And yeah yeah, I I, I think I got a message from a gifter at one point in time. He said like you know like. You know, you know, like what, what, what was that about? There was a note one time that says this room is not befitting a bentor. We didn't put that note up. <laughs> but her gifter, who was a man, which is called Kula Torah, understood part of Chinuch was that you train yourself to be a mensch, to be and be organized. Now, I personally, by nature, am an extremely disorganized person. And I've said multiple times that I that my process of becoming from came through Tel Shiva. Because it, it puts some level of some level of organization and Seder in my life. If I become from through Mir Yeshiva, I'd still be wandering the sheets of Yushalayim with this like, you know, gigantic coat with like, stuff stuck in the, in the in the pockets, you know, and not wandering the the the, the, the of Yushalayim still, you know. That's a you know, mirror with all of its Total, not Masurikat that it was in those days. It's much better now, but so Seder was such an important thing. So, Al 
Because we get through a service at Misa. Now we look at the Misa and we, we, we totally grapple with the Misa. But this is Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu made a decision how to act, even in the greatest moment of emotion, of Simcha, he still felt there was something appropriate to do. And he, I mean, he, was, he was in control. He didn't lose himself in that moment. In a, a moment of availus, a person doesn't lose himself in that moment. A moment of anger. There's no such thing as losing yourself in a moment because you've trained yourself that you decide what to do. And the appropriate thing to do in this moment is to say Shema. So I'm saying Shema. It could be the world is coming down, you know, it's the end of the world, but I'm saying Shema. So the the Grai, the Rami Bloch, like the when he was being killed by the Nazi, they said he was in total state of Anuchus and Nefesh. Like the, the Nazi was killing him, he, he crushed his skull with a hammer. So as he was banging on the skull, he said to him, Who is thine God? Herr Rabbiner, who is thine God? Right? He says, Herr Rabbiner, like, you know, where's your God? And the Telzerov's answer was, He's not only my God, he's your God also. And one day the whole world will know. But the people who, who witnessed it said, He wasn't, like, he was in total menucha. He wasn't, he wasn't angry, he wasn't upset, he wasn't scared. He was, he was, he was calm. Because he defined how he's going to react to something. But that's, that's a training which obviously doesn't happen. So a gift used to say over, and I remember like always thinking about it, like, like it sounds mugzam to me. That the tells his the the, the father, the Maril Bloch, the Lay Bloch, when his wife was Nifter, he used to take a walk every single day. Maril Bloch used to take a walk every day for his health, he used to take a walk. And he took a walk on the clock. He says that the, 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 the people in the city could set their watch on a Yosef Leib's walk. He left his house at, you know, at 2.53 and 10 seconds. He passed this house at 2.53 and for 13 seconds every day exactly the same. The day that his wife passed away before the Levaya, he took his walk at the exact same time as usual. We can say this over as a Shevach to Meryl Bloch. And I used to always say, because I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's Mugzam. That's, you know, like, you know, it's, your wife just passed away, like, you know, like, but he, he made a decision that this is what he needed for his health. He needed to take this walk. He took the walk. He didn't let circumstances define him. So in Kelm, they call this Menuchus and Nefesh, and tells they call it Seder. But it's bets on two sides of the same coin. The, the, the concept of a Seder is that you are in a state of Menuchus and Nefesh, and therefore you, can, you decide how to do things. And obviously, obviously, you would decide, hopefully, intelligently, right? But the point is, you have... And the gift of, you know, the tells they, they focus the point of the Seder Shabbat, of training yourself to be Masudr, was a training of that you're constantly, that, again, if you're become a, if you become a slave to the clock, so then something else is, is defining you. That's not the point. The point is that you have trained yourself to think something through and deal with it appropriately. So that the result will be that a person is, is, is organized. Let's just up to that. So Yaakov Avinu is in the, in, in, the, in the moment of we, we how would we react to a situation? Loyal in such a situation. You had people, you know, they lost they lost members of the family during the war, and they meet them years years later. Right? These people have had heart attacks from it. The, the 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 intensity of the emotion, and the they can't deal with it. 
or they, you know, they're 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 sitting in shpilkas for hours and hours beforehand, like, you know, which we we relate to that. Okay, but now that that also means, you know, we lived through a very difficult year, and somebody asked me like how my year was, so I said my year was a challenging year, and said partially it was a challenging year because. I have to deal with a lot of different people's emotions. And everybody has strong emotions. Like, the intensity level this year has definitely went up. So people are, you know, they're not, they're not being careful, you know, and this is intense fear and anger. Why are they being such a mishugana? Like, being over, like overly, the mishugana is overly cautious, you know, what, what we need to go back to normal. What's wrong with them? And the intense emotion. And I'm, like, in the middle trying to be metabolic between the two parties. I, you know, by the time you finish, I was like, you know, I'm exhausted, you know, but like, dealing with both of these parties, you know, it's it's a year of intense emotions, the the year of the uh, the year of the election. It wasn't, you know, there's, I mean, I, I I didn't have to deal with that that much, but there was definitely like, you know, people got all worked up about this, you know, like you know, like either like the world the world is coming to the end if Biden wins, or it's coming to the end if Biden doesn't win, you know, like you know, but there was like. You know what? The world's not coming to the end. It's not going to make such a big difference. It's not the end of the world. Like, come down. You know, you know. You, you try to make an intelligent decision. You do what you think is right. That's you do hishtablis, and then right, you move on right there. Like you know, like, right, like. So, but the, what that says, you know, people have been lonely, right? and you, 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 and and obviously that, and then. They're looking forward to the time when they can get together with other people, because they it, it, it's affected their moods. You know, therapists are very happy about this situation because I mean their their, their business is booming. You know, like you know, I was talking to a therapist. He says, you know, that he says two things. He got out of this. He says the level of damage that, that this mental health that this has had on people is extraordinary, and he also realizes that he really likes his wife because. Like he's seen so many, you know, couples and so many situations where the 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 the, the problems which are being together for so for so much time, they're really we wearing each other's ner nerves thin. Right? He says, you know, like I'm happy being with my wife. You know, like it's, you know, I really like my wife. He says, I know I always always knew that I loved her, but now I know that I like her also. Right? I, you know. The, I enjoy being with her. It doesn't bother me being with her. But, but, there's, but there's people. So, like, I told you the story from Del, Del, Del Carnegie's story about the, 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 the scientist, the group of scientists who went to Antarctica. I'm not seeing faces of recognition, so let's go through the story again. So, Del Carnegie has a story. Okay, you, I see David's remembering the story, right? Sam, you remember the story? Yeah? No? Okay. Okay. Kids are. Group of, see Antarctica now. Now they have they have an airstrip in Antarctica, but they, they, up till not too long ago, they the only access was by boat. So you have to come in the the area where the boats can come in. There's only ice free about two or three months a year. The rest of the time, so any expeditions which go there, come in, in those. You remember? This? Okay, good. Okay, I will say it over anyway. All right. So he, this group comes in. And then they come and they, they live underground because you can't live above ground over there because the temperatures are, are extreme. And there's this cavernous area, but they're together 
60, 80 people for, for doing the research for not eight, nine months, ten months in a row. And they get bothered by other, other people's idiosyncrasies. So, they, you know, because you know, this part was bothered by the way the other person was chewing. Like, if you think about it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, you're getting bothered by how somebody chews. Like, you can choose not to be bothered by somehow somebody chews. And that's why it's called choose. You know, like, you can choose to let it bother you. You chew too loudly, it bothers me. I can't concentrate. Right? This is how we live. We live, we're constantly affected by external stimuli. And we don't have the, self, the, the, the inner reservoir of strength to not be affected and decide how we're going to deal with it. And Yaakovina was the epitome of the opposite of that. Right? that so it's, 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 I think it's a thought for the year. Just like, you know, we grapple with this. This year has been so hard. But I think it, it, it should be at least for us a litmus test of or opportunity to, to, to work on it. Like, I'm going to decide to be with equanimity and manuchas and nefesh no matter what's thrown my, thrown my way. Okay, I'm not, that's not realistic. But I can get better at it. Right? So, um, I had a situation, you know, somebody, I got a phone call, again, like, you know, two parties, right? So A had a time on B that B wasn't acting with professionalism and he said it to him very strongly. And B responded not unprofessionally because he felt attacked. And then you said, hey, so you see it right. Hey, you weren't you're unprofessional. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, well, what do you expect? The guy hadn't expected, he was totally broadsided by it. He wasn't ready for it. So he, but we understand that we want a professional to act professionally. And when he does it, we have a time. I, I mean, you mamish brought side of the guy. You know, there's a, was a, like a, a, a claim from left field totally. Say he was insulted, he was upset, that you should say such a thing about him. And he responded. And you see, well, you see this guy, does it, he, he flies off the handle. He's a professional. <laughs> you know, shkayach, you know. You, um, but, but there is expectation in society that whatever you say to the to the professional, he he has to, to absorb it all in and respond. Right? You walk it like well, the, the the guards uh, the, by 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 Buckingham Palace, right? That's the, like the whole the whole shtick is to try and get them out of their to get them to laugh or get them to smile. You know, their job is to act solemn, and nothing is supposed to stop. You know, so of course there's you know. There's a video of somebody being successful. It's Yeshiva Bakr. Posted on YouTube. Yeshiva Bakr, like, finally getting the guy, the guy, the guy to laugh. Like, who else but Yeshiva Bakr could accomplish that, right? Like, it was like, I was not, I was not proud of that video. Like, if you have anything more intelligent to do with your time, to go and like, you know, see if you can make the Buckingham Guard Palace, Buckingham Palace guards break a smile, like. It's like quintessential yeshiva, like, you know, go contemplate the beauty of the Bria, like, you know, you, you know I got to be a let's, you know, but okay. Um, but it's, it's really, I don't know, it's, it's, I think it was, it was, it was a, it's, 
we have if we have such an expectation in society, which means we believe that people can do that. But when it comes to ourselves, is I, I you know I, I can't. I just I just feel so pressured right now. I can't act act normally. Rabbi Demelis Atzal had a, a in his he has a tape called Ten Commandments of Marriage. Um, and one of the points he says over there that a person has to be, he says a person let's say a person is an actor. Right. So he's on the set of Julius Caesar. He's in the play Julius Caesar, right? Um, and um, he's Brutus, right? So he's plunged the knife into Caesar's breast 4,000 times. It's the most boring thing he ever does in his life at this point in time, right? So in the middle of the play, as he plunges the, he's on stage, and he plunges the, the, the knife, quote-unquote, into Caesar's breast, he gives a big yawn. He lost his job. Because you don't yawn in the middle of the scene of the passion of killing, of murdering Caesar. You control yourself. He says, we have to learn to be actors. Not to be fake, but understand that we, we have the ability to control our emotions. He says, then, then in Rabbi Vader Miller's inimitable way, he says, if you're not in the mood of acting properly, Go into the bathroom and stay there until you're ready to come out and act properly. Like, like you, know, you know, I'm angry at my wife. I can't control myself. Really, you can't control yourself. Right? I'm, I'm just I'm not. I'm not interested in what she has to say. It's so boring. Really, you can't control yourself. That's not true. We know that there are multiple scenarios where a person could control themselves. The question is, do we want to control ourselves? Right? The question is, do I say, well, that's very nice when I'm done with the outside world, but at home. My, my, my purpose of my home is just to let me relax and be who I am, and please don't check with me. Now, we all need that. All right? We're not holding by the drag of these, these people who had the constant ability to be like that. But we probably could do a better job than we're doing. We probably can move it forward. Right? And I think this year has been a window into, into quote-unquote, how, how much we do let these emotions, the loneliness, the frustration, the anger, the the, the, the the tenseness, the fear, the impact us more than we would like that to happen. And we, we're honest to ourselves. We say, you know, I, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I'd been a little more careful how I said something to somebody. I wish I'd been more in control. I, w- I wish I hadn't lost myself in that situation. And... Um, I mean, now it's time to, you know, it sort of slaps you in the face. I mean, it's time to talk and work on that a little bit. That was the thought that I had in the Parsha. So I think it goes back to Rabbi Meir's thought. Rabbi Meir's thought means that, that, ya- that Yaakov takes this emotion and directs it back to Kodesh Boruch. But that, that implies that he's able to have a thought process. Right? If there's a moment of intense emotion, he's able to think, well, what should I do with this? How should I express this? That itself means that he was still driving the car as opposed to the car just going. Right? And his and then this next step of the point was his decision what to do with it was to direct it back to Kodesh Boruch. Okay, and that's a beautiful thought on its own. But it, inherent in that, that thought is this idea that we should be driving the car. Not The car shouldn't be being driven driverless or rudderless 
the boat rudderless because of the circumstances around us. That was a thought. Uh, wasn't so teeth. Heavy muscle. Um, So and and that and on that note, so how are you people doing? Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't have. Yeah, <laughs> you you can't say that anymore at this point in time. Like you know, like yeah, like you know, like you know. Um, I was quoted today. Um, incorrectly. You know, and I got a phone call from somebody. Did you really say this? Is it because they're you know? I was like, oh, you know. So. I, I've mentioned to you before that you know I I, I, I don't think that the average person is is in a state of sakana because of Corona. He says the responsibility for being careful is because there are members of the community which are a b there is a concern at least at some point in time whether it's still relevant you know it's debatable that if enough people get it you reach a point where it becomes uncontrollable and then it is a danger for society etc. But at the individual level, most people, even when they get it, they don't get it in a serious way. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it in a serious way, etc. Okay. So that's what I said. So I'm on record to say that. So somebody apparently decided, well, that means that there's nothing wrong with exposing yourself to corona. To get corona, you get over with. Because Arangel said it's not a sakana. It's not a sakana. It's okay to expose yourself. So he said, told somebody that Rabbi Rangel said, it's okay to expose yourself and get, get, get corona because not a sakana. So it's now going around the whole yeshiva, like all the high school boys are saying that Rabbi Rangel said, it's okay to go expose yourself to corona to get corona. It's so get it over with already because it's easier with life. You get it over with already. Now, one person said to me, so, you know, did, did ask me one point, says, you know, so maybe it just needs to get over with. says, yeah, it probably needs to get it over with. I didn't mean that you should do it, actively expose yourself. So, Rabbi Hess calls me, he says, you know, he's, he's, he's waiting for the parents to call. You know, this is going to be, this is going to be, a, there's going to be a parent which is going to call, like, you know, or an email, which is going to, says, I'm, I'm just, I will, I will forward you the email because, you know, that, Rabbi, you know, that, that, the, who is this rabbi? The Meshuggah rabbi. He was saying that you're supposed to go get corona. Like, you know, I mean, you know, this is, you know, it's it's going to happen. So, at least over here, I had advance notice so I could laugh about it beforehand. Because, like, but had, I had not had that, I had somebody walked over and approached me about it, I don't think my reaction would have been as, you know, with the same level of equanimity. Like, What? Are you crazy? You know, like it would be probably more, at least that level, right? You know, like, you know, but, but this is, this is, uh, you know, I've told you before that the, the idea of the quoting rabbi, the quotes that you get to, everything, is very limited. It's part of the reason why, that supposedly like a brist or macbeth and who they take in the because it's not it's just the issue of, you have to th- have to make sure that your talmud is somebody who can understand what you're saying. You know, the person that you're, you're talking to, you know what you're saying. You might choose your words carefully. You have no idea what the person's hearing. You try as best as you can. But he's inter- interpreting it based on his how he uses those words, how he understands an inflection, what his, what his, what his prior biases are, what, he, what he, his, his prior knowledge is. So you never guarantee that what you're saying is what the other person is hearing. You try. So the results sometimes end up like, very 
um, farcical, you know, is being generous sometimes, you know, like I've, I've, I've heard people quote in my names things which I've never, ever dreamt of saying, or I've said the opposite of, right? So, um, so it is what it is, as they say in English. You're like, you know, like, you know, so like, but um, you sort of like live with that. So that's one of the reasons why Urbans did not want to give me. I should give that cheer, the, the federal holiday show that I gave for Thanksgiving on the topic of Moser. Urbans was very hesitant that I should give that cheer because there's going to be something that somebody's going to quote in my name that. Either, for either direction, which is really going to, it's going to be incorrect. There's no shy about it, right? And then Rabbi Rangel said, like you know, like you know, so like you know, either it means Rabbi Rangel the Meshugan or Rabbi Rangel gets just gave me heter, you know, like you know, whatever, like you know, the, like the, there's no middle ground, like you know, like so. My the the the, the sheer tomorrow is 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 is. is much more, much more down to earth in that respect. And the, the January first year, this also, I mean, 